what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers! Welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with my good buddy, Lotus Lotus. I've got a question for you. All right, I'm I'm ready. We're what, just, what is the question? Just throwing stuff out there. We're going to see if you can answer the question. All right, pronounce this word. Are you ready? Y apostrophe F F R E. Um, you free? Are you sure? I am. You are sure? Okay, because I I looked this up because that's how I pronounce it too. The name Efrey, Efrey, Efrey. Yeah, if, something like that, right? Somewhere in there. Tell me you have like a Google churn, okay. like pronunciation. There, there are debates. There are debates. There are debates on the internet. Of course, there's a Reddit post where somebody posted this, and the most upvoted response was Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> like, was that a joke or? Ah, uh, uh, yes. I mean, maybe it's Efri. Like, it could be Efri. It could be Efri, right? Like, it's nope, somewhere the, in there. The, the ancient god Jeffrey. Jeffrey. The ancient god Jeffrey. Um, why does this make any sense? Why is this something that we're talking about today? Today, friends, adventurers, we are talking about the Green Pact. We're going over to Bosmerland. We're going to we go are. visit our short little elven friends and we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about how weird they are. Um, <laughs> Lotus, you, this was a suggestion you came up with. You were like, hey, we haven't done this. We should talk about yeah. the Green Pact. So I was, you know, we, we finished our um, finished all of our situations with the Daedric Princes and then we got, you know, the Spooktober thing done. And I was trying to think, like, what do we tackle now? Because we need some new topics. And sure. I was trying to think of something that we hadn't delved into, but that's referenced a lot. And again, that this just seems like something that's actually pretty important to a lot of things. And it, we reference it other places re- it's just referenced a lot and we haven't really gone into explaining exactly what it is. So right. seemed like a good place to start. Right. Well, uh, another good place to start is with Ifray or like Rob, the princess Jeffrey. says uh, Jeffrey or Yiffer. Jeff. Yiffer. Th- At this point we should just Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Just good old Jeff. Jeff. Uh, the Khajiit Jeffer. spell it like Yiffer, which looks like Yiffer, uh, <laughs> which is funny because furries, but, Whatever. Well, you pronounce it whatever you want, however you want. It's just going to be fine. But it's here. It's fine. It's let's... all fine. So <laughs> we, we had this discussion on Tales uh, where all names are made up, as are all words. When they're <laughs> specific to a work of fiction, it's really up for grabs unless the person writing it says it as far as I'm concerned. Right. And there are lots of authors uh, who have co-written parts of these games over the years. Correct. So, and even the NPCs oftentimes use weird different dialects. So we're going to use our dialect to say it as however you would like to say it. And I will say mm-hmm. you free. Mm-hmm. OK, so here, let's let's start with the, the quote from the ooze, a fable. Because this is going to give us a foundation. Remember, this is mythological type works here. There's a lot of is the, there's a lot of questions of is this literal? Is it symbolic? Usually, airs on the side of symbolic. But this right. is according to the ooze, and I believe we talked about the ooze before. But here goes. But we'll call it Jeffrey. But Jeffrey took the mm. ooze and ordered it. First, she told of the green, the forest and all the plant life in it. She gave the green the power to shape itself as it willed. Hold on to that idea because it's interesting. For it was her first tale. The elves were Jeffrey's second tale. As Jeffrey spun the story, the elves took the form they have today. 
notice the elves took the form they chose it the elves mm. took took the they didn't get the form placed on them they took it no no because they're one with their god ancestors as we <laughs> need to listen to constantly in game <laughs> right. right uh jeffrey gave them the power to tell stories but warned them against trying to shape themselves or the green so uh, clearly they have the ability to shape themselves and the the green the forest and the land they live in right shifting and the destruction of the forest were forbidden instead jeffrey commanded the wood elves to the green so that they might ask the green to provide them with shelter and a safe passage and as long as they respected the green it would obey so we have here their connection to Jeffrey Ephray. I can I can hear and feel Ugh. people seething oh. constantly calling it Jeffrey. Oh my god! I'm gonna get so many letters. People are gonna yeah. be like, "That was the worst episode ever." Um, why do you keep calling it Jeffrey? How do you? Why? Why? So I think we have to go into a little bit of who we'll just say Ephray is Ephray, or yeah, we'll go with Ephray. or, or Jeffrey or Ifer. Uh, the singer, the storyteller, the god of song and force, the spirit of the now and the green man is the most important deity of the Bosmeri pantheon, also worshipped by the Altmer Britons and Snow Elves, interestingly enough. He, occasionally she, was one of the strongest of the recognizable spirits that crystallized shortly after the beginning of time and played an important role in the coalescing of the physical world during the Dawn Era. So... This is interesting because we talked a lot about we've talked a lot about the divines and we've talked a lot about the the Daedric princes. And sometimes in these stories, you get a character who's very powerful, who does something like this. That is just another name for a Daedric prince. Like maybe this was right. Yeah. You know, like this isn't you might think maybe this is somebody like Hercene uh, in disguise. It's not. This is a different entity altogether. And right. It's actually tied closer to the Elnofe and the Earth Bones and those kinds of things. So, right, right. This is very unique, especially to the Bosmeri people and the Bretons and the Snow Elves, who also reference this being, whatever, whatever kind of being it is. It's some sort of great and powerful ancient being. So, that's the foundation of this: is that they can trace their lineage back to this agreement with Ifray, and this agreement meant that. One, they were to live harmoniously with the green, with the land and the, the plant life in, in that land. And two, that they're not supposed to change their shape, even if they yeah. can, which that's yeah, that's a that's a big no, no, that that gets a little dicey in some certain situations, you know, talking about here scene specifically when. You know, we get into the potential for shape shifting as part of being a were creature that can kind of make things a little murky when it comes to that situation. Right. So there's a few different ways somebody can change their shape in the world of the Elder Scrolls that you can become a were creature. You can use magic to do it. But then there's also the ability of the Bosmer to just choose to change their shape it seems it seems that some of them just simply have the ability to will it right which so, is crazy it is and <laughs> it's interesting because this originally when i suggested this it didn't really specifically intend to tie into eso the way it currently has in the um actual the fire, that, fire, fire, right? The season, whatever it is. season that we're in, yeah. And um, you know, as, as the time of this recording, the final DLC zone for the um, fire season of the Breton Fire it, Island Fire Song Fire um, Town just launched, and as an effect of one of the last dungeons, you're dealing a lot with. Uh, druids, the druids of Galen, which the are, story starts uh, out with druids, even in like the pre correct. the pre story where it takes you back to the mainland. Exactly. You're dealing so with druids. the reason it's kind of worth mentioning this whole situation with the Breton heritage at the moment is you have the druids and there's the weird and, all, you know, these nature magic things um, that, you know, relate to the series. But very specifically in one of the dungeons, it's actually called Earthen Root Enclave um, that came out pretty recently. But a, the the end boss and several of the the druids 
shapeshift. They had just they literally shift into like werebears. So it's like it's it is a thing that some people in the Elder Scrolls can do, and it just happens to be that Bosmer seemed to be slightly more prone to it or adept to it. I wonder if it has like a the stronger the connection to nature, if that's where you kind of get this linking, because it seems like it's the cultures that are strongly related to nature that have the ability to do this. It's on, yeah, it's like it's a power that's bestowed on them from nature itself or from these right. na- nature beings. Yeah, it may like not a connection be connection you almost get through nature. Yeah, it may not be genetically something that they're predisposed to do because if I mean they're elves, why why couldn't other elves do it? Well, we don't right. we don't and, hear about other elves doing that. Like if you if you talk to Dunmer and you'd be like, well, why don't you shapeshift? They'd be like. I'm I'm not a sorcerer. I mean, if I'll I was a sorcerer, later, I don't want to. Or, I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> or if I was a werewolf, sure. But like, what? Wait, everyone can just shapeshift? No, that's not a thing. Um, right. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe there's something about the cultural cultural connection here. I wanted to read this um, this paragraph out of the UESP, the, the article about the Green Pact on them, and uh, on the specifically on the Green Pact. It says here the Bosmer allegedly made the Green Pact with Ifray in return for Ifray's patronage and protection. As a result, they use bone, animal, and insect products widely. So the agreement was don't harm the the plants, but the animals are fair game. Imported wood is used when necessary. Sorry. Fair game. (laughs) That's true. Um, I bet that's where that (laughs) phrase actually comes from, is from hunting or something. Um, But they can import stuff, wood from other places. It's like like as long as they themselves are not damaging the wood directly, like the the plant life directly, then that's okay. But they can buy it secondhand. So, all right. Sure. And it's like, I would assume that that also means like, oh, this tree branch fell off. If you step on the stick and it breaks, that's not the same as like I snapped a branch. It's already dead. You because didn't fell the tree. Because it's already dead or right. it's separated from the host right. entity because they kind of view them as more than just, you know, plants. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is, these are entities all around us. So these are creatures. These are beings. They, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it goes on. It says, rather than drinking conventional liquor made from grain or fruit, the Bosmer consume jaga, fermented pig's milk. Yum, yum. And rot meth. Rot meth. We haven't talked much about rot meth. We haven't talked about rot meth, and we might as well, since I don't think there's going to be a better time to talk about rot meth than now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we at least have to cover what it is. Rot meth is made from fermented meat seasoned with thunderbug organs. Yum, yum. Takes years to brew and is considered a precious ritual beverage that symbolizes the muscle of the boar, the power of the forest, and the strength of the Bosmer people. So it's like mead for Nords. But way grosser. Way grosser, because I I would... I like mead. I don't think I would try rot meth. <laughs> right. Uh, no wedding can take place without it. Did you know that? Ifre is believed to have first blessed them with their form. That's what we just talked about in the ooze story. Thus, their appearance is sacred. So although Bosmer may take the shape of beasts, the pact, I'm sorry, the pact normally bans this practice. However, the wild hunt is considered a result of of the Green Pact. In return for their patronage to Ifray, the Bosmer may perform a ritual in dire times that transforms the participants into a horde of wild, shape-shifting beasts, which go on to lay waste to the enemies of the Bosmer. This is the one time that shape-shifting is okay. Yes. And it's... It's sort of okay. <laughs> because <laughs> it's really... It, it's... Well, it's the one time that Ifray is okay with it. We should say it like that. But it is a messed up thing to do. Yes, which we'll have to get into more. Um, But it is, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where the side effects are so extreme. It's it's basically allowed, but as a side effect of it, it gets real screwed up. (laughs) It's real screwed up. We're going to talk, we're saving this for the next episode, so we'll get deeper into the wild hunt, but there's no way of talking about one without talking about the other. Right. Right. This is, we'll get into it because that one's 
Honestly, it probably gets a little more explicit taggy than this will be because it is the wild hunt is quite a quite a thing in the lore. <laughs> quite a thing in the lore. Um, so here, I, I, people have been enjoying us uh, quoting from the books and actually like reading some of the books. Yeah. So I have some uh, some of the books here to read through, and I was going to put them up on the screen. So if you're watching the live version, or if you want to check out the live version, YouTube.com/slash uh, at Elder Scrolls Lorecast because now there's like tags on YouTube or just search Elder Scrolls Lorecast on YouTube or join us for the live stream. Welcome live streamers. Um, here, let me put this up on the screen. And this is this is one of the key key works where we get a, a, another solid base description of what's going on here. It's called The Green Pact and the Dominion. A discussion of how the Green Pact affects the Dominion. Just like trees grow toward the sun and you can hear different birds singing when the moons are out than when they are not, every wood elf born in Valenwood, and indeed nearly everyone born outside of it, knows of the Green Pact. The Green Pact is the agreement where the wood elves in Ifray that has guided our existence from the beginning of the great story. Its rules are clear. Do not harm the forest. Do not eat anything made from plant life. Not eat, or I'm sorry, eat only meat. When you conquer your enemies, eat their flesh. That's intense recycling. Yes. Do not leave them to rot. Do not kill wastefully. Do not take on the shape of beasts. You are wood elves. Your form is sacred. This is the Green Pact. In exchange for keeping this pact, the forest, which we call the Green, has provided us with ample food and shelter. Ifray has given us the limited gift to ask the forest to shape itself to our needs. Very cool. It's part of why their trees are so interesting and dynamic in that well, part of the Well, they're also able to live in them like literal huts and houses because the trees shape around them. It's not even like they need to cut them down to then build a house. They can essentially work with nature to form a house as opposed to needing to oppress nature to become something that they need which is very unique to this region sort of well i guess it's also similar it's it's similar idea with uh the dunmer specifically like the telvani and and a lot of their mushroom houses yeah that's a good point yeah it's it's like a symbiotic existence exactly it's a symbiotic relationship with nature as opposed to like yeah we need this so we're just going to pillage away right now right right so it goes on and says we have been amply blessed but now we find ourselves in a new situation our new allies the high elves and the khajiit do not hold to the green pact they live in houses made of thatch and timber they eat all manner of fruits and berries and drink wine made from grapes they find the devouring of one's enemies barbaric (laughs) imagine that and then it goes on to ask questions about like how is this how are we going to get along with them and this this is one of those documents that was uh, written and included in the early version of the game because this was one of the zones you could go to there was this pact between all the different and and this happened for all three groups is you have this grouping of these different cultures that have to get along with each other and so you end up with some of these documents that are like we're so different than them. How is this going to work out? That's this is one of those documents. Yeah. So, but this very clearly states, eat your enemies, like kill them and then eat them, which totally changes your perspective, your, your pers- perspective of um, some of the nice uh, little wood elf friends that we make in the game. I mean, think about it i mean just because they're small doesn't mean they can't devour a lot (laughs) right they're like cute and small and we're like i'm wood elf like uh what's what's her name from uh um uh that previous year's stuff the wood elf girl yes Uh, um evilly 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 sharp arrow yeah like she's so cute and and kind of you know i don't know just easy going la 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 right but uh if she follows the green pack that means that when she goes with you to kill things yeah when she takes somebody out theoretically she she eats them she should be she should be like running around with you eating things that she kills yes unless she doesn't follow the green pack she doesn't if i don't remember her specifically making a lot of references to it so i don't think she does yeah but the idea is there that like that could totally be a thing and holy moly now i have i have a concept here you know you know me i think big on on this stuff and my theory about why this stuff is so weird has to do with the difference between writing 
content for things that are outside the main scope of the thing you're writing as opposed to writing content for things that are within the scope of what you're writing. What am I right. saying? So let's think back to the, the way the games were developed. We have Arena, which was kind of pre a lot of the lore. Sure. Then we have Daggerfall, located yep, in a human A lot of it settlement. gets formed and starts to form on the framework that was given in Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. Right. So Daggerfall, and we're just doing the main game. So Daggerfall, then we have, and that's human, very human-ass human area, right? Like, yes. Like Middle Ages Europe. Human, yep. human, as normal as you possibly can get into our own world, at least in some period of time. Uh, then we have Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Three, Morrowind, super weird alien landscape, super weird Dunmer stuff. But then Oblivion and Skyrim, both mannish locations, the Imperials and the Nords, yep. very mannish. And if you think about where we think Elder Scrolls Six is going to be, High Rock, another mannish location. Most of the main stories of these games have been designed around the things that we find to be more common and normal. So when the lore of stuff like the Green Pact shows up in those stories, it feels like this foreign thing from real far away. And yeah, we're never really going to have to explain it. We're never going to really have a game where you're actually over there. And that's the main focus of the game. And it is fine. It's fine. And then you get something like Elder Scrolls Online and they're like, we're just going to let you go everywhere. And you get to learn about all the cultures. Yeah, and all right. of a sudden you have to take some of this lore, which sounds super weird and sideways and mysterious because uh, we just kind of run into Wood Elves every so often. We don't ever going to play one, really, you know. And yeah, you get to choose to build a character, but it's it's different, right? Because you're in a different place, right? And then now all of a sudden they have to go. Okay, well now we got <laughs> we got to explain it, and so it just it, it has that feeling of being the thing that like when seen at a distance and off in the periphery of the story is like mysterious and weird, and you're like, yeah, that's so weird, but when you actually have to like be in that, it feels really uncomfortable yes and it's the same way that a lot of these ideas have steadily started to become more and more shown when but also toned down a little bit yeah they, they're yeah. kind of reined in a little bit because right. um something that's that's gone quote unquote at the time of eso uh and you know probably because it would be a monumental task to show i'm not really sure what their plans ever really will be if there's a point where you have to physically see them but the falonesti which are like the walking tree cities yeah that's yeah a, and the upside down tree village there's a whole vision right. thing. like i'm saving that story until the end yeah yeah that, that's why i want to, it's it's like it's it's very it gets weird right right so that's why in my head canon, this is the stuff of mythology. Even the even the elves themselves, even the wood elves themselves, the Bosmer, most of them probably see this as like religious symbolism and mythology and from another time, right? And maybe there's a certain amount of it that actually does work because, oh, guess what? We're going to end up with some quests and, you know, like the wild hunt actually happens at some point. And so you go, okay, well, maybe there is some truth to this because magic Right. <laughs> like the world is magical. Yeah. I was going to say ma magic is a good MacGuffin when you need one. Right. But for the most part, they've learned to start living in a more civilized kind of world. And so this yep. is still in some ways off on the periphery. That's my headcanon way of handling it. Um, but I think the truth of the matter is if we had gotten a location like this with a culture like this that was super ingrained in some of these old traditions and the weirdness of it i i think they people i, th I think the developers thought it would probably be kind of off-putting in a, you know if, to, to delve too deeply into that uh yeah pro probably probably because some of the stuff with with this is more extreme when it comes to the mythos of it as opposed to it being seen in practice like you said mm -hmm. so like it's one of those things where in real life is it an embellishment or as actually rob mentioned in chat did, did they kind of rein it in because of game limitations and again the family scrolls, friendliness i mean there's a certain yeah, amount say, it's one thing to a joke more palatable yeah the elder scrolls is definitely like a dark world but it it does try to at least be accessible on the surface and some of the more dark aspects tend to be a little more um 
you got to search for them a bit more. Yeah, they're a little hidden behind some yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that the series has become more mainstream with the popularity of Skyrim. Also very true. Elder Scrolls Online and those kinds of things. So they're, they're, they're trying to balance that a little bit. If all of a sudden they pushed it into a hard like M rating, people might be upset. They're like, yeah, I play this they, with my kid s- and he's 12. What are you doing? Right. I mean, to be fair, it does. It, it, it is already an M rated game. So I oftentimes, right. but it's I'm not like, like well, a hard, it's, it's not, M. I was, it, it's, that's exactly it. I feel like it's just enough to get the M rating, but it's not doubling down on trying to get it. Unless you want to get into some weird deep lore stuff where some of it is like, well, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all over the place. But for the most part, yes, it's, they they don't oftentimes go out of their way to earn the M rating. Right, right. And I think that they're, they've become more and more careful with it. So, for example, like in the older games where you had like topless characters, but of course they were made out of like 128 sprites, like the little, little squares of color. So right. it was like, eh, it doesn't really matter that much. But when once you actually get to like like modeled characters then that's that's for the place of modders we're gonna let the modders take care of that if they want that in their game they're not gonna put that in the game directly um and rob i think you're right that they are we're not ever gonna see directly a wild hunt there's definitely wild hunts that happen and then are referred to having happened uh in and around the events of some of the, the quest lines and stories but um I don't think we're ever going to see one. I think that's yeah to, yeah. to that point, um, it's it's the same thing. We you know we've talked about vampires and how that stuff works, and a lot more of it is alluded to as opposed to you ever graphically seeing any of these things. It's more mm. like yes, this is here, but no, they don't dwell on it type of deal, um, and, and that's always kind of how I feel they they've <clears throat> handled it to keep it a little more accessible to the masses as opposed to being like, oh, wow, okay, that got real dark. Right, right. Well, here, tell you what, we're going to take a break. We're going to thank our patrons. We've got a new review to read out, and then we're going to come back. We've got a few more of the uh, the core texts about the Green Pact that I think will be interesting to, to go over. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode this is a mist Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are. We're back, and it's time to thank our patrons. Patrons, you guys are amazing. We've got a bunch of new patrons in this last week that we need to welcome on board. Macy P, Christopher C, Blake P, Matt F., AJH, uh, let's see, going to some others, Ombramortem, interesting name, Dan P, and N4G. Welcome aboard. Thank you for your support. We really do appreciate it. And that that gets us up to 108 currently, 108 patrons. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we got to call out our Daedric Princes, our two Daedric Princes, Kira C and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for supporting us at the tier five level. And thank you to all of you. If you're interested in checking out what you can get, everything from ad free episodes at the lowest tiers to T-shirts and stickers to joining us on chat episodes in the future. All of that stuff. Check out the different tiers. There's all sorts of goodies that you can get. And uh, if you want to do so, go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And that's the easy way to see what's on there. We also have a new review that came in this last week from the villain BG. Villain. What's up, dude? Villain's been part of our community for a long time. Yeah. Villain, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Villain's from Canada and writes, amazing show to binge. 
ended up bringing this pod or binging, not bringing, binging this podcast during quarantine and absolutely loved it. Not sure if it was Stockholm syndrome as I had nothing else to listen to. High praise, villain thinks. Actually, no, I feel like that pretty much encompasses most of what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you do it to yourself. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, but the hosts are amazing and keep up the great work, Tom and Lotus. Definitely worth checking out. And if you like Elder Scrolls, cheers. The villain BG. Villain, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And anybody else who takes the time to leave us a five-star rating with a review on Apple Podcasts, you will get read out on a future episode of the show. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, I know it used to be the place most people listened, but most people listen on... Spotify has kind of taken over that department. Yeah, yeah. But even if you just have an account, you can log in and leave a a review, and that still helps out because people search stuff, and that stuff comes up in search. Um, Or you can leave a a review on or a rating, at least. I was going to say, thank you for all the stars on Spotify. Thank you very much. You guys are the best. Well, that's it for the middle of the show. We won't take any more of your time. Let's get back to the rest of the Green Pack stuff. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. Thank you, Night Mother. So we're back. Um, all right. So. This needs to be discussed a little bit. We've got the Green Pact. You have the traditions of the Bosmer and many Bosmer who side with that because of this tradition and belief in Ifray and all of that. But you have some that dissent. And we have a, uh, a quick little book here called Why We Farm, the final word on an imprisoned Bosmer who broke the Green Pact. And it goes like this. Now that we have been banished to this cave, there is little for us to do but chronicle the reasons we have been forced here. It distracts us from the hunger, and we will not break and eat our own kin as our disgusting brethren outside do. They're putting up a, a moral objection I to say, that. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> we Bosmer, though they call us apostates, seek to join the rest of the world in modern civilized thought. We do not wish to be tree-worshipping primitives any longer. To that end, we did what to our cousins who imprisoned us here, or in here, is unthinkable. We farmed. Dun, dun, dun. We planted and sowed and were going to harvest until we were found out and cast down here beneath the surface to die for our transgressions against the Green Pact. We did not agree to the Green Pact. Our ancestors did long ago. Yet we must live by the consequences. We cannot even make our own bows thanks to this ridiculous agreement. Solid point. Totally weird, right? A little little strange when you think about some of the finer aspects of it. Yeah. Yet we can buy them from other people. For us, to chop down trees is blasphemy, but to pay someone else to do it is fine. Right. Totally weird. This hypocrisy is ridiculous and we refused to be bound by it for our refusal. We die. So that is one of the things that I have found interesting. It's not that they can't use it. It's that they can't do it themselves, which is very strange where it's just like Mm -hmm. their, their, their direct connection is strange that it doesn't prohibit the idea of it mm-hmm. it's just the connection specifically to them doing it it's like this happens it, in a lot of religious contexts in the real world yes it, it, it's very Absolutely. neat because it does it has a lot of like real parallels to to certain religious contexts to that right like and you can't you can't do this hypocrisy. thing right you can't do this thing but the people who believe that find a workaround in order to get someone else to do it for them, right? Or something like that. And I don't want to call out specific religions. I don't I don't want to point any fingers. Um, no, no, that's, but, yeah. But this is a very real thing. And to this individual's point, it misses the spirit of the message. Right. Just because where, you, where can't, you can stick to the letter and do it this way doesn't mean that that fulfills the spirit of what is assumed here it's it's taking it as literally as possible literally i can't do this it doesn't matter if it gets done right it's just i can't be responsible for it right but i can be indirectly responsible 
Right, right. And somehow Let's, that's okay. Like it's it's just silly. It's it's one yeah, of those things. It's, so it's, it's that extra step to separate yourself from the thing you're opposed to. Suddenly, mm. the separation is enough that you feel disconnected from it in a way that it's like, well, now I'm not really actually responsible, which is interesting. But you still and, are. You still kind of are. Like when right. it comes down and, to it, and the it's only so thing weird. this is actually. Um, well, it's it's referenced in several books, but we don't need to go on a few chance tangent mm-hmm. on it. But just like a quick note uh, about the five year war, um, mm-hmm. which you you can find it uh, specifically referenced in a Dance and Fire and stuff like that. But um, it's it's kind of a war that breaks out between the Khajiit and the Bosmer uh, over wood caravans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's debated on how it gets started. But one of the things that uh, I I found kind of amusing is how basically the Khajiit give no Fs about the wood in the Tenmar forest. And they're Mm. like, you know what? We want to build our temple out of this sacred wood. So we just want this. And it almost became so offensive that it would like, oh, okay, well now there's raiding caravans, but then it's like the Bosmer moving destroyed wood around and it devolves into this whole big thing. But it's like that always, that story specifically made me kind of interested because it's, it's, referenced it's not super super in depth we've never played it specifically in game it always made me think that it felt at least from from the references that some of the bosmer might have been like okay like whoa 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 like i actually am opposed to you just running amok here like this is still not okay even if we're not directly the ones doing it type of deal right right yeah, it's I mean, this is one of those things that just like the irony, some people notice their own individual irony and their beliefs and some people don't. And others don't care. And some people care and some people don't. Some people right. believe that it's the letter of the law and that's what's important. It doesn't matter the spirit of it or they will right. even deny that there's a spirit of it at all. And some people yeah, believe it's that it's like literal and nothing more. Yeah, it's just it's simply literal. That's what they only like our deity believes that this literal thing and we have no idea why, but it doesn't matter. That's not our place to know. It's the place of the deity. So why try to justify it? Right. So there's exactly. lots of different perspectives on this. Um, so we have we have another document here. This one is called the Green Green Pact Bosmer Observations. I like this because it's from a different perspective. It's from Denichthus, Denichthus Precious, which if you actually search this name, we don't know who this is. It's not like this is an individual who shows up in the stories in other, any other places. This is the only place they show up. And by the type of name, it seems like they're probably an imperial because it sounds like Latin. That's yeah. my assumption. So it says a study into the Bosmer adherence of the Green Pact. And this is interesting because it's an external perspective by a non-Bosmer. The author of this text would like to make plain that there is a profound distinction to be made between the Wood Elves, observed by the author deep within Valenwood, and the Wood Elves who reside in other corners of Nern. The observations here recorded are only meant to describe these wild Bosmer who adhere to what they call the old ways, and are not meant to apply to Wood Elves who have adjusted to life in normal society. So automatically is making a distinction between like, yeah, the ones who got out of this area have adjusted and they're normal life like us yeah it's but, a little condescending right up the gate <laughs> right but the ones here <laughs> these ones are crazy yeah. <laughs> and they believe some whack stuff is basically what right. you're saying right it goes on it says the wood elves of deep valenwood or green pact bosmer as they call themselves can be described as fanatical in their devotion to the green pact they eat only meat including the bodies of their enemies slain in battle and attack any who would harm the forest in which they live nevertheless it would be inappropriate to characterize them as feral in fact they're highly intelligent imagine that highly weird. curious <laughs> weird right they're like actual other people they're like what yeah, are people? strange how people are people even in even <laughs> in this highly rational individuals with rich cultural traditions vested in the forest and in their spiritual leaders the storytellers or spinners we haven't talked much about them but it's part of their tradition and their culture and, yeah and all that in fact while they can be extremely fierce in battle they do not attack unless provoked and are more than hospitable to strangers in their midst oh they're actually like regular people they take their cues from the natural world with a mix of fear and respect no doubt cultivated by tales of the kind of angry vengeance the green is said to take on those who violate the pact this is where it gets interesting indeed from an early age pact bosmer are raised to believe in the ooze we talked about this a little bit at the beginning a kind of 
purgatorial state reserved for Bosmer who violate the pact and still more terrifying stories of the green unleashed unleashing all of its wild power against Bosmeri clans who harm it. Part of this shows that some of their belief is if you do not stick to the pact, then you could be basically decomposed. You lose the ability to maintain your structure as an elf and you go back to the ooze, which is one of their concepts of the origin of everything. Everything was an ooze and then all of a sudden everything was given the ability to take form like the story we talked about at the beginning. And if you don't pay attention to you, you compost back to it. <laughs> right. If you don't follow the rules, then Ephray is done with you and you get you get turned back into goo and just squished back in with the rest of the goo that hasn't formed yet. Yeah. And they, they'll mix you up and come up with something to do with you later. Yeah. So that's Ooh. a piece of this as well. And it, I mean, again, it plays into this like religious kind of perspective where if you don't follow the thing that you're supposed to do and don't and ask too many questions, then you're going to end up in a very terrible place. Yeah. If he's going to get you. <laughs> so it, yeah, and there's there's a lot of faiths that ascribe to that kind of thing. So to, to wrap this up, I have uh, this is the weirdest story of the bunch. This one is called Visions of the Green Pact Bosmer by Morvis Andres insights into the worldview of followers of the green pact. All right. Hold on to your butts. Here we go. Excerpts from the original four volume work recorded by Morvis Andres, who studied this isn't that long. So this is just a little bit right. But this could be a longer document. We don't get the rest of it. Who studied the green pact Bosmer for three years in the first era. So we're going back until he was killed in a morning war and devoured by the very clan he'd been studying. Remember the whole, like, eat the people you kill? Well, it's got to be done. Morvis ended up on the uh, the food side yeah, of that. Wait, waste not, want not. Yeah. So, all right. So it goes on. It says, just, it just begins dot, dot, dot. Like, clearly, this is just starting in the middle. Fenereal was 100 years old when she consumed the glow frog of the swamps, and it showed her the upside down tree city of Heart Green. Okay. It gets weirder. It was populated by elves who walked exclusively on their hands. Dot, dot, dot. So that's one little passage just kind of like out there in the middle. Next passage, dot, dot, dot. Fenerian, the thief who successfully demanded more than 200 payments after invoking the right of theft, was once said to have a vision after climbing into a tree that had appeared in the middle of the forest. The tree had purple leaves, and as Venerian told it, When he sat among them, they gave off the most pleasant fragrance. The sweet scent lulled his mind into a state, and while in this state, he saw a circular grove of trees. The further he went into the grove, the wider the circle became, so that he could never reach its true center. As he wandered, he met the most beautiful spirit, and when she spoke, her sentences began with their last word. She's like Yoda. So they made circles. River, come lie with me by the... She beckoned. <laughs> Fenerian only came to his senses when, slumped in a stupor from the powerful odor of the leaves, he fell from the branches of the tree. He survived the fall, but broke his leg, and ending his thieving career, he spent the rest of his life searching the forest for the tree with the purple leaves, but never found it. Dot, dot, dot. And then the final two paragraphs here. Then I asked the tree thane whether it is right for the pack Bosmer to say they see these visions and whether it wasn't it wouldn't be better to say they imagine them. <laughs> it's clear that these strange apparitions of cities and groves and other such wonders don't exist either on Nern or in Oblivion. The tree thane took a long drink of whatever foul firmament milk was currently in fashion and looked at his feet and then at the sky. You say the world ends at what you can see with your eyes. We say that it is where the world begins. So we're talking like religious context and and stuff and influences and similarities among different religious beliefs. There's I mean, this is very clear that if at least you go back to the first age, there's a lot of influence from drug stuff (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) like this this starts to get in the area of 
are because again this world has magic and stuff like that and tangible gods that they deal with but are they just you know licking funny frogs and right seeing stuff right are they just like you know singing lucy in the sky with diamonds and you know there's like right putting lsd on their tongues and just tripping out and that's like opening their minds to the rest of the universe which is more real than where we are now dude right so it's like it's one of the things that i love about this series because it does the total parallels to a real world that we live in where it's like yeah there's but they could just be doped out of their mind right or maybe this is a thing or maybe like, being doped out of your mind helps you see into the actual exactly. reality or of things like, in yeah, this kind of world show you more because you didn't realize it's it's all very weird mm-hmm. what's real what isn't and trying to just you know discover and understand what's what because there are no just straightforward answers necessarily in the elder scrolls very much like it's very hard to get just straight black and white answers as it is in real life yeah yeah so yes so the green pact to sum it up is probably some drugged up fever dream from uh worshipers ages ago that has now solidified into a religion but has some serious qualities to it for example the wild hunt which we'll talk about more next week and the ability to change shape sometimes and right and some of that stuff because of that you can't solely well i mean they as we just heard in a couple of these passages the quote-unquote civilized areas kind of do write that stuff off it's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it but there is you know the wild hunt for example is one of the things it's like there is a tangible benefit beyond just like well maybe we just haven't tapped into it yet or something like that there are moments in in the series where it technically has been tapped into it like Mm -hmm. and it's not so much metaphorical it gets weird and things can get pretty aggressive and sometimes it's you usually it's the most extreme circumstances but there is some at least degree of reality that's all with the weird metaphysical is it drugs or are they actually like doing something right, like that right yeah and rob says in chat i mean in our world that's why people will do mushrooms they acknowledge it's a hallucinogen but they believe it connects them to some very real spirits yeah exactly. totally but lots of people have all sorts of different beliefs about these things that's, i that's personally exactly it. am very skeptical so the idea that like there's spirits out there or there's like ghosts how do ghosts even stay on a planet if they're not interacting physically with anything planet's rotating and moving through space at like a million miles an hour that doesn't make any sense anyway um but in you know as far as far as i'm concerned like it's there's no spirit stuff you're not tapping into anything it's just messing with what your brain does because your brain defines all the experience that you have everything that is coming through your eyes and your ears are all filtered through the chemicals in your brain if you mess with those chemicals guess what you're messing with the way with the way your brain perceives things, right? Like, right. That's and then, the way I see it. But I mean, you're welcome to disagree with me, and some people correct. absolutely and, will. They'd be like, "Nope, I totally." There's a ghost in my house, and I I, <laughs> I commune with the spirits every week. You're like, that's cool. I doesn't work for me, but all right, you know. Right, but and then that now now the thing that I find so interesting when you relate it to you know, there's a lot more just like oh, well, you know you. How much can you get in touch with that necessarily in real life? Whereas in game, mm-hmm. you have these tangible, literal demigods that come down yeah. and do weird shit to people all the time. Right. If you just in choose like 10 dungeons or caves to go in, one of them is going to have ghosts in it. Right. <laughs> like, so at least it, it's <laughs> the the potential for the ceiling of weird stuff is much higher in in Nern. So like that's, that's just it. So it's, it's mirrored in real life with some of this stuff, but then with a not questionable supernatural element, it's like, well, yeah, but is this just one of the ones that's real or not? Like for them. Right. Yeah. Because it totally could be, or it could totally not be also, which is right, which is great. And, and I feel like a lot of times with this stuff, they will leave it open. They specifically, they will write something like this that makes you go, okay, yeah, everything looks like it's some sort of drug-fueled dream, but 
there's it's almost like they try to put a, a leg on both sides of the argument because you'll end up with some other story later on and the thing that the vi- they had the vision about actually comes true and like okay maybe maybe it is both maybe both you know and because it's a video game and you can make it both and that gives yeah, exactly. the writers it, it allows the writers keeps on our to- on our toes you know like we don't know what to expect maybe it is real so yeah, there you go. I think that's it for the Green Pact. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap no, up? No, I think that actually was pretty exhaustive. I was glad we got to cover that and, um, you know, kind of delve into something that we oftentimes reference, but have never really had a full hour to discuss necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I'm also um, I'm also excited because my room is green, which yes. you can see if you go watch the video version of this mm-hmm. on, uh, on YouTube. That's my little pitch at the end. Um, let us see. Anything else going on you want to share before we head out? Um, no, not really. I continue. I've been continuing my uh, playthrough of Daggerfall, which has been shockingly fun compared to some of the other. I saw um, you were talking to some some. You busted into some ladies. I room, I did just. And I you were like, "Why are you half clothed?" Could, didn't know which room was mine. So and you were like, "Oh wait, no, this is your room. Of course, you yeah. would be half clothed in I, your own room because well, it's not in my business." Okay, bye. Yeah, my character <laughs> might actually be uh, really really not much of a hero and should probably be taken off the streets <laughs> um, isn't but, that uh, isn't yeah, that so, all of our characters on some level <laughs> i mean yeah i i really play up the murder hobo thing when i play these games oh, um, and then we didn't actually get to record tales last night so the episode will be a little delayed um but we'll be recording this weekend possibly with another guest so we got that to discuss all the happenings in elder scrolls online and such but uh yeah otherwise just uh just kind of doing my thing with this and uh getting some game time when i can sweet awesome yeah i've been i've been playing games been doing i keep messing with all my mods in skyrim vr in order to do weird stuff so come come hang out with me during my live streams or check out my i have a sub youtube channel i have a second i have so many youtube channels i've got a bunch for the different (laughs) podcasts i've separated everything out now my main youtube is now going to be focused on like news and stuff there's a youtube that's robots radio funny stuff that's where all my wacky VR hijinks is going to go. Uh, or you can check the live stream for that. But yep, been doing a lot of that stuff. It's been a lot of fun. And just trying to spend more time with the community, playing games and hanging out and stuff. Because I don't do enough of it. I'm busy with lots of other stuff. But trying to trying to get it, get the time in there. You got you to gotta schedule fun time in, right? <laughs> got to gotta do you, it. You, you do. And there aren't enough hours in a day. There aren't. There aren't. But... Uh, hopefully you guys are having fun and playing games and lots of lots of our community over on the discord playing games lots of new members in our ESO guild uh, joining each other there's even people playing Fallout 76 looking to play with each other all sorts of awesome stuff so go check that out if you haven't already joined us on the discord and we'll be back next week talking about the wild hunts so more wacky Bosmer stuff uh, well until then have a wonderful week we'll see you next time have a good one Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcasts they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time